0: Got car trouble.
1: Now's the time to talk with Jerry on the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. Call in now at 719
2: 1490.
0: Well, if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas drinking, piston clanking, air polluting, smoke belching four wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your sounds, huh? Hey, welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show right here in beautiful Tucson, Arizona. Beautiful for everybody. The bugs, the, the moths, <laughs> frogs, rattlesnakes, regular snakes. Oh, it's just gorgeous this morning. I'm Jerry Simmons, your host right here on ESPN Tucson, 1490 AM, 104.9 FM. long riding shotgun with me is my buddy Jim Mooney, owner of Frontier Towing and moving stuff around Tucson Arizona and across the country. Jim, give us a little bit of information on Frontier Towing, just like you were doing your own ad.
1: Oh, just like I'm doing my own ad. Okay. Well, this is the hardest part of the whole show. I I I'm not very good at at, at self-proclamation, but uh, uh <laughs> I I'm better I'm better at doing it for other people. So, um, if you um. Okay. What do you need moved? Uh, ca- cars and trucks and and semi trucks and dump trucks, backhoes, loaders, uh, gr- graders, uh, containers, ocean containers. Uh, um, what do you what do you want to What do you want to haul? We we do it. We we don't really care. We move stuff around all the time. Um, but and we're moving also uh, pick up
0: motorcycles. Think-
1: Motorcycles. We have we have a motorcycle trailer pickup, uh pick up uh tool boxes. I've done tool boxes toolboxes, oh my god. You know what? Toolboxes are kind of an interesting an interesting uh, item. You got this uh, a mechanic who's, you know, his livelihood is in his toolbox. He's got ten thousand dollars in the toolbox and fifty thousand dollars worth of tools in that puppy. Uh and it's you know, so he's got sixty thousand dollars of of his of. His investment, so he can do his job fifty thousand dollars think about that that's a lot of money for a guy to invest just to go to a just to go so he can do work just so he can do work fifty forty fifty thousand dollars earn a living earn a living so he can earn a living you know what I mean <clears throat> that's a lot of cash for and that's just for a guy that's just for one mechanic that's one guy who goes who's going to work on a shop in a general purpose shop doing Tune-ups, brakes, suspension, you know, whatever the case may be. Pulling, changing window regulators in a car, you know. So you got this guy, and he's, he usually has a toolbox with a cart. Cause sometimes you'll have a cart so he can, because cause he can't push a toolbox around because the thing weighs, it weighs 2,000 pounds. I know that that doesn't seem right, but it weighs a ton, literally, the box itself weighs eight or nine hundred pounds, and the tools inside weigh another twelve hundred pounds. So he's so got this this box, and it's six feet long, and it's five feet high, and thirty inches wide, and it weighs a ton. It weighs two thousand pounds, and you're going to try and put transport that puppy. So we actually have a trailer that sits on the ground. It sits flat on the ground. So, I mean, literally you. You roll the toolbox from the from the ground up the trailer, literally a half an inch or one inch. That's about how how thin the deck is. And then we roll it on there and then we put blankets over it. Because we're talking about fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff here. Like a you know, like a high end car, you know, a a pickup truck today, fifty thousand dollars. That's what we're that's what we're moving. Um uh, blanket mm-hmm. it up, strap it down, and then our trailer is hydraulic, it lifts off the ground and we and we tow it and we back it into a shop and roll it off into the new bay. And that's that's an incredibly challenging feat because the guy's whole life is in the box and if you dent it, scratch it or drop it, we got a serious problem. It's it's and it's you're not just blessed blessed out of road collision, but they're not they don't repair toolboxes. Nobody does. Right. What, the repair, the repair of the toolbox is buy a new one. Well, that's ten grand. That that a Snap On, Mac, Matco, Mac toolbox. Even the Harbor Freight. If you went to Harbor Freight and look at their toolbox, it's seventy nine hundred dollars for the toolbox. The Snap On box, same, more expensive. Don't, not that they're bad. It's just this is what it costs to be in the industry. This is what it costs for a guy yep. to work in this industry. Uh maybe maybe people don't know that but that's a that's a sizable investment. Now most people don't invest that much in one day. They, you know, do it like everybody. It's a, they're on the payment plan. You know, they have to do it over time. They get their they get their core wrenches and then, you know, Toyota comes up with this new this new uh, motor and it's got this, you know, you couldn't see the bolt to save your life. So they come up with this new wrench that's got 43 bins to it, you know, and it costs cost literally hundred and sixty dollars so you can reach in there and change the one sensor in the back that always goes bad. So the guy's gotta buy mm-hmm. he's gotta pay the hundred and sixty dollars so he can so he can change that one sensor part I have to make your car go. I don't know if any people yeah. know that, but that's that's what the guy's gotta do every single day. And so he goes to the Snap on guy or the Matco guy, you know, or Cornwall or whoever. Hey I need this tool. Okay, yeah, hundred and sixty five dollars. <laughs> Even at Christmas. Just so I can reach down there because there's no other way to get to it. Because, you know, the guy at the that's OEM, right. he, he's like, he don't care. He, the OEM guy, he's just like, ah, put it in there. It'll be fine. Let, that, let the mechanic deal with that. <laughs> so I'm like, did you guys think about the serviceability, you know, the mechanics? You know, they're like, oh, just drill a hole through the dashboard and you pick a long extension and you can reach in there and get it that way. Pull the windshield out and maybe drill a hole through the dashboard. That's, that's the way you get to that puppy. Am, am I wrong, Jerry? Did I say it wrong? <laughs> Is that
0: something uh, you're a little bit on? You guys run across you're a little bit on the light side as far as the love, amount of tools these guys. On the light side,
1: <laughs> I'm on the light side. Yeah,
0: yeah. On the light money side, I know the light money got side. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars worth for the like your big trucks and stuff. How many tools do you have, dollar wise? Because you probably have to inventory them. But uh, tools that you have to work on an eighteen wheeler.
1: Oh, it's crazy! It's crazy! It's crazy because it would it
0: would take you a half a
1: day to come up with the number. It, it, it would, it would, and and the reason why is this because you work on cars. I mean, and this is no lie. Cars, generally speaking, cars cost less than big trucks, right? So right. a, a semi truck costs two hundred thousand dollars, and a car costs forty thousand dollars. So the tools for a car right. usually cost less than a that the deals for a semi truck because they're bigger. They're they, they're bigger. They take more metal. They're you know, you know, quarter inch drive. Not really. Unless you're working inside the dash, is not what we use. We're using three quarter inch. Why? Because that's what it takes right. to get stuff off. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're you're right, and it's 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 crazy. But as far as as far as moving them, so yeah. So imagine moving a guy's livelihood from one place to another because he's changing venues, um, and you got this toolbox with and and. Fifty thousand is, you know, it's a it's a conservative estimate, but that's usually that's where we're starting at because he's like, okay, well, look, I, I picked all of my loose stuff up, my creepers, my um, my insta- my you know, my accessories, you know, all the stuff I mm-hmm. need that I can put in the back of my pickup truck. I put in the back of my pickup truck, so I've already moved all that. Right. I just need the toolbox right. moved because I because I can't move a two thousand pound toolbox by myself, and you know what? Right. Nobody can it just doesn't i you could try it on a box truck you can try it you can try it on the car trailer get get a bunch of guys and push a, push a uh, a toolbox up a car trailer and then see what happens if it come if you don't get mm-hmm. it up there just right or i i got to put a come along on it and winch it up I, I need i need the quad trailer with the winch on it so i can winch it up on there and it's a right. lot of work That's that's a
0: lot of work oh yeah Yep, and so, then you got to stabilize it so it won't turn over. It's built I, like a cornflakes box. It's high it's like a and narrow. And if you don't have it locked down on all four corners, I mean locked down, and keep it from rolling, keep it from moving, keep it from releasing the tension on the straps, You've got a mess going, so it takes almost as long. It take, In fact, it takes longer to strap it down than it does to load it on your little your little trailer that you've got. Absolutely. Because if you That's don't right. strap it's... it down and something happens, like you get in a fender bender or something like that where everything stops at one time, here comes 2,000 pounds looking for an exit, and it's That's just right. it's messy. It's messy. But anyway, so you've, you've done a good job. And 748-1100 Frontier Towing, if you need anything moved, uh, you know, anything anything moved, you don't move houses, do you? Uh, I've done tiny houses. Oh, you've done tiny houses? <laughs> tiny houses,
1: yeah. T- tiny okay. houses aren't too bad to do. They're, pretty, they're not okay. too bad to do. <laughs> and storage um, rooms, but you
0: move storage rooms?
1: Sheds, yeah, sheds. The um, Shed, yeah, regular houses, regular houses. It, it's you know, in Tucson, Arizona, they're not designed to be moved per se. You need a, you need a, uh, yeah. um, you need, uh, you need a colonial a regular house, and that, and yeah, you need. I mean, you could do it if you get one with a post tension slab. You might be able to pull it off. Um sure. There's a there's a lot that goes involved with that. I, I don't know if I want to take that on. <laughs>
0: I don't want to uh, No, not really. Not really. Well, done, well you did I've very done. well on not knowing how to do an ad. You did very well oh, on well, that. Thank sir. you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. See, you know more than you thought you did. Um, okay, let's move it on to seven one nine fourteen ninety seven one nine fourteen ninety. Another little thing that I want to go along. I won't. I'm not going to harp on people texting and driving because that's just a waste of time. Um, you know, this this week three times I've almost been run over by people texting while driving. And I realized one time in the Honda CRV and the other two times was in my big diesel. If you can't see that diesel coming, then you need to go to the lady that does your eye work and your glasses and have it checked. But normally that's not a problem. It's the one where you need to have your brain engaged while while you're driving. Drive. Pay attention. Okay. Uh brakes. Oh my gosh, brakes. People, I uh, 3 seconds is what your your time should be between the car in front of you and you. You can as they go by a sign or road any a uh, light pole or anything, start counting 1001, 1002, 1003. Then you should be at that pole. But no. Everybody's got perfect brakes, and I want to make sure that it stays that way. The brake system in your car's most important safety system. Never put off routine brake inspections or any needed repair. Why do I need this service? Oh, brakes are a normal wear item for any car. Eventually, they're going to need to be replaced for both performance and safety reasons. Don't let your brakes get to the metal-to-metal point, which usually means more expensive rotor or drum replacement. Your car owner's manual might specify periodically flushing and filling of the brake hydraulic system. Contaminated brake fluid may lead to corrosion and other problems in the hydraulic system, especially on a car with anti-lock brakes. Guess what? Every one of them have anti-lock brake systems now. All right. Typical service, you're going to have your brake pads or shoes, drums or rotors, master cylinders, wheel cylinders, brake hoses, calipers, brake hardware, and brake fluid inspected. All of that is a game. It plays in the system to keep it operating properly. Remember that three seconds as I'm talking to you. Depending on the condition or thickness of the drums or rotors, which have a federal uh, specification mandate on them, resurfacing or replacement may be ne- necessary. It's normally rule of thumb if you uh, have grooves in the the rotor two or more, and you have to use a uh, dial indicator for that, 2,000s to find it. If you have a groove in it, two thousand, you can put a brake shoe on it or a rotor on it, a brake pad, and it will seat to that. However, most people will still have them turned to make sure there's no uh, run out on the rotors. The parking brake should also be checked for proper operation and adjustments. In some cases, the parking brake shoe or pad may need replacement. Uh, so the one question that I've heard, is there anything I can do to help brakes on my car last longer? Yeah, don't ignore them. That's one. Two, don't drive like Parnelli Jones and go flying up to a stop sign. Start breaking down before you ever get there so you don't smoke them or overheat the rotors when you're trying to stop. Are there any related services my car needs while the service has been performed? If you go under a car and you're doing a brake job on it, you're there. Take a look at the suspension components. Make sure the ball joints and stuff are still good shape. Uh, make sure that the um calipers are in good shape, but make sure that everything that you are joining or attaching those brakes to is where it's supposed to be, and they're not worn out, cracked or anything like that so yes, what does the brake warning light mean on my car's dashboard normally a brake light uh brake warning light means that you're low on fluid okay uh do you top off the fluid? Uh If you top off a fluid, according to the brake manufacturer, or the fluid manufacturer out of Charlotte, North Carolina, that I had a two-hour conversation with at the SEMA show, if you have brake fluid in your cylinder and it's leaked down, oh, my gosh, it's leaked down. Well, it's supposed to be a sealed system. It ain't supposed to be leaking. Find the leak. Find the leak. Take it into a shop. Somebody can put that thing up in the air and take a look under it and find out where that leak is. Brake fluid is not supposed to leak. And if it's low and you say, well, I'll just top it off, as soon as you pour the brand-new fluid on top of that old fluid, the brand-new fluid is more contaminated than the fluid that's in the car because it's trying to clean up the fluid that's in the car. If you've got a leak, you find the leak, you fix the leak, flush the brake system and get that garbage out of there. The biggest uh expense on a brake system that I've seen is when you lose you lose the wheel cylinders, you lose well they're called slave cylinders, you lose the slave cylinders, you lose a master cylinder, uh because the brake fluid is contaminated now. It's no longer doing its job, which is removing impurities and holding them until you flush it out. It's it's settled in. They've eat up the metal brake lines it's just a mess. So don't gamble with this. Don't gamble with it at all. Uh, and remember, when that brake light comes on, it probably just says, hey, you're low on fluid. That's telling you, find the leak. Find the leak. Uh, you know, I've seen it over and over. you would be surprised how many times I've seen that in the 46 years I've been in business. And it's standard. And people says, well, I don't have to real really flush the brake fluid. Yeah, you do you don't you don't have to do anything but pay taxes and die, but if you want to live a little easier while you're doing it, make sure your brake fluid stays clean because the brake fluid after about the third tap on contaminated fluid it starts to fade they will they won't hold like they're supposed to. Thank goodness they come up with dual master cylinders where if you lose the front brakes, you still have the rear brakes but uh, don't don't count on that because the electric brakes, uh, everything is changing now. So make sure you stay on top of that. Make sure the brakes are inspected at least once a year. Drive in, same time you have a front-end alignment check. Have them to check the daggone brakes and make sure they're all right. Check the fluid. We've got ways to check the fluid. I have it at, down at Simmons. Brian Fuller has it over at Automotive Specialist, and Mike Parker has it at Parker Automotive over on Speedway. So, yes, we have ways of telling you what the condition of – not only telling you, we can show you what the condition of the fluid is. We've got the strips and stuff that will test that stuff. So keep the fluid changed no later than once every two years. Flush the brake system and get all of that garbage out, put brand-new fluid in it, bleed it out properly, put it back together, and life is good. If you don't do it, your brakes are going to wear out premature. Everything's going to start being stinky in there because the fluid's not moving like it's supposed to. Your ABS system that fires in milliseconds may not fire in a millisecond. It may decide, well, I'm not, nah, this is too heavy. I'm not going to pump this through this solenoid. And voila, remember that three seconds? That's where the three seconds come in. You've got to, Maybe you'll have an exit instead of hitting a guy in front of you. If you get in a a collision where you hit a guy in the rear bumper, get ready because it's your fault unless they cut you off and hit the brakes like uh, I had them do to my wife one time, and we still missed him, but she also took a horse trailer off the side of a bank with two horses in it. So uh, if you hit somebody in the back end, and there's a, there a few years ago it was going around Tucson where people would come in and then be going down like pulling up to a stop sign or stoplight and so and you're about a hundred maybe fifty yards to a hundred yards back behind them and all of a sudden they just stop right in front of you and you don't have that three seconds clearance between you you don't even have an exit. Knock on wood, my wife had a, about a five-second because she was towing a horse trailer, and she just she just took it off the bank and drove it off into the desert. And then I had to have two four-by-fours in order to pull her out of the desert. That was on a Sunday.
2: <laughs>
0: but got everybody out. Nobody was injured or anything like that. That's the main thing. It didn't even do anything to the truck that was towing the trailer. It went straight off the bank, bounced off a little old berm on the bottom, nothing was hurt so we lucked out but you may not be that lucky so when you're talking about brakes don't cheat on a brake job there's no such thing as a 49.95 brake job no such thing the you know people ever i've seen them advertise me said no that's you can't do them for that and if you use a brake pad so cheap you'll know it because when you're driving after about the first 30 days you're going to see brake dust all over your front rotors, all over. it are coming out on the wheel and everything else. Well, the brakes didn't squeak. Well, no, because the compound is so soft. And there's difference in prices of brake pads, and there's a reason for it. You have metallic, semi-metallic, and then you have the garbage. Uh, a lot of your foreign cars, like at one time we run across the uh, Nissan's, Nissan, had working on a truck, put a set of brake pads on it, quality brake pads, we thought. And uh, that thing squeaked. It squeaked. And so we uh, we had to do uh, a couple of researches on it and found out that the only brake pads that you could use on those was an OE. So we went to OE brake pads, and it cured the problem. So some of them require OE, original equipment. And some of them you can get away with. There is a difference in brake pads and brake shoes. Spend the extra money. Get the premiums. Get the good ones. and Because, I mean, that's that's what you got to stop in this 4,000-plus-pound car. In a truck, it's like 8,000 pounds. And then you go to something like Jim's got, you got 80,000 pounds. So don't cheat on a brake job. You don't cheat on a parachute. You don't cheat on a brake job, because the failure of either one of them could potentially take you out. All right, what do you got on that,
1: Jim? Oh, well said. Well said. The uh, oh, thank you, sir. people thank under you. people <laughs> underestimate the value of brakes. They really do. Um, that three seconds. You're absolutely right. I. We tow cars every single day with the front bumper knocked in and the airbag deployed because somebody didn't yep. stop in time. And yep. it happens all the time, every single day. And you're right. When you rear rearing somebody, it's going to be your fault. You can argue a lot of different things. You can jump up and down. But when the Scream when, and when holler? Gets, all gets said and, you can scream and holler, yeah. When you got, everything gets said and done, it's going to be, well, you failed to control your vehicle. Failure your control, failure to yield. Those are the two. Um and and the I've seen, I've put used cheap pads. I've done it. I've tried cheap pads. Oh, this will be fine. <laughs> so you, you go to the, you go to all the trouble, you know, you're gonna pull the you're gonna pull the tires off, do your brake job, check the check the calipers, check the pins to make sure check the slides to make sure it's not because, you know, you wanna make sure that it's done. Throw the cheap pads on there, and then you know what? A month later, you come back, and just like Jerry said, they're soft. They're wore out. So now you can spend your weekend again doing the job all over again. And I'm going to tell you something. If it's it's your vehicle, yeah, you're going to be a little upset. But if it's your significant other's vehicle, it's going to be a really bad day because she is going to tell you (laughs) that you should have done it right to begin with. And you should have listened to her, um, and that's even that's even more harder to stomach because you know now you're going to do it and you're going to do it <laughs> on the And and whatever you thought was important that weekend is no longer important. You are now going. you are now on this new job. So and we everybody today has you know we all have time crunches. We're all busy. We there's not enough time in the day to do all this stuff. And you're now you're going to spend your time to do this all over again. Or you're gonna, or she's gonna take it someplace and get it done right, and you're gonna pay for that too, and that's right. You're going to be up, you know, Because one way or the other, the decision is gonna get made, and a lot of times it's not your decision. You know, you had your opportunity and you did it wrong. So now I'm gonna show you how it's gonna get done right. So that's, that's a right. that's a tough that's one. To, right. That's a tough one to handle, <laughs> and I've had to, i I trust me. I've lived that scenario. I mean, I've been there and and what do you say? Oh, okay. Yes, dear. What are you going to do?
0: That's exactly
1: That's the only
0: exit you have is yes, dear. But I'll tell you something. Yes, dear. If you think a elephant, if you think an elephant has a good memory, you don't know nothing. <laughs> you will be hearing about this. Remember when you did that break job and you did it
1: half-assed?
0: <laughs> that's that's right. Be around about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's all right. You asked for it, you got it. <laughs> oh, so you know, when, I, I, you're, when you're getting ready to do this, yeah, get the premium part. And the, the one common mistake that people make when they're doing brake jobs on front, rotors, or uh, back. Anytime you get in there where you've got drum brakes and you've got all that hardware and all the little springs, all the hardware, brake hardware, all you got to do is go by Merle's and tell them you want brake hardware and the brake pads. I want a, I want a good medium-grade brake pad, or I want a premium brake pad. Normally, it's a semi-metallic or metallic, and then they've got another one out there that I can't remember the name of it, but premium brake pads because if you put the brake pads on and the brake shoes on, and you don't replace the hardware that has, that is working itself to death while you're pushing the brakes, uh, you're you're going to have a your potential for failure is going to be incredible, and it, your brakes won't last as long. Your pads will not last as long. Your drums, your brake shoes won't last as long. And when you rebuild those things, go ahead and get all of your brake hardware to go with it. They come in a little pack now with all the little springs and levers and stuff like that. Be sure and replace all of that, and take your time on a brake job. Plan a Saturday. Turn the Simmons Car Care Show on right beside you, so if you have a question, you can call, and do it. And when you do the brakes, do the flush at the same time. Flush them some of the guns out. Then when you get done, you're done. You're done. You're absolutely done, and you've got a nice, safe set of brakes. And when you're driving it, you're going to have to drive it a little bit to seat your shoes to the drums, and that's that's another little thing. You drive it like 35 mile an hour and then you, with nobody behind you. Lock it down and make it stop real quick. Do about four or five stops like that, and then you should be good to go. Okay? That, that'll seat the brake pads and their shoes to the rotors themselves or the brake pads to the rotors and the shoes to the drums. And if you got four-wheel drive, you do the same thing. You know, Make sure that you've got them done. How many of you know that when you go through a mud hole or one of these flooded roads, that when you come out the other side, your brake drums have water in them. Water does not compress. They don't hold worth a crap. When you go through the heavy brakes or uh, heavy uh, water, and you know you're going to be running upwards coming up around the drums or the rotors, go ahead and keep your foot lightly on the pedal. and it acts as a windshield wiper. (coughs) Excuse me. And when you get through the other side, it's okay to test your brakes once you get through the other side. You know, I do it every now and then, just something to do. I'll go through water, and I won't ride the pedal, and I'll wait to get the other side, and then I'll hit the brakes and see how fast it'll stop. It don't stop near as fast as it does when those brakes are dry, or the pads are dry, the shoes are dry. So, Keep a light pressure on the brakes as you go through these water. Keep one foot on the accelerator, the other one on with light touch on the brakes, just to make them drag while you go through the water. Then you can release on the other side, and you can still check them. But you're going to find out you've got brakes, uh, unlike the other way. And I've done this over and over and over. Like I said, you know, I I, I like to see what I can break, but I also like to know what I'm driving. And so that's just a safety issue that I use, and it works. Okay, this portion of the show is brought to you by Automotive Specialist AZ Automotive Specialist AZ dot com. Brian Fuller's place, and Brian's work number at the—you'll talk to Mitch—is five seven two seventeen thirty four. If you want to talk directly to Brian. It's two three seven thirty eight fifty two. They're located at thirty six eleven West Ina Road, Ina and Meredith. You can go to his website, automotive specialist az dot com. You can schedule online, uh, and as you've heard me say before, this is absolutely an excellent shop. There's three excellent shops that advertised on the Simmons Car Care Show. One is Simmons. The second one is Automotive Specialists. And the third one is Parker Automotive, parkerautomotiveaz.com, Parker Automotive Service Center, 5101 East Speedway, 323-1360. You can speak to uh, Ryan or Scott and uh, 323-1360 at Parker Automotive. Simmons eight eight four zero two one seven Simmons driveshaft specialist eight eight four zero two one seven It's all under one roof, and we can fix anything with a drive line, and we can modify anything with a drive line, or whatever you need. If you want to go from a Dodge to a Ford, we can do that most of the time with adapter U joints. So it, it, keep these guys in mind when you're looking for quality shops that are well equipped and with a big uh, alignment equipment all of all the bells and whistles so that when you get an alignment done it is done correctly and it's also anytime you get alignment done at any of these shops they will check your every moving part on the front end of that thing to make sure you don't have anything out of tolerance uh, there is a tolerance for uh, suspension components some of them is bigger than the others as far as what you can get away with, they say, oh, this will be okay. Uh, When I changed the uh, ball joints on my Dodge Diesel, my uh, 06 Dodge Diesel, jacked that thing up on there, and they come and got me out of the office and said, you want to look at this? I walked out there. That was moving about an inch and a half. And I said, that is a little bit out of tolerance, and one, I don't even see how it can move that far without coming out. And that is real. I've seen it with my own eyes. And it only had about 90,000 miles on it at the time. So there's a reason you get a front-end alignment check once a year to make sure you're good. That the fact that our roads are so good in Tucson. But if you've got an alignment issue, you want to find out why you have an alignment issue. Say, oh, well, it just needs to be aligned. And, well, that's a catch-all. Yeah, it needs to be aligned, but why do you get out of line to start with? If you hit a chuck hole and the stuff moved or something bent, you need to find out. You need to find out why you're wearing your tires out. Of course, tires, you know, they're cheap anyway. They only run about 200 bucks a piece now. But um, I, I'm sure you can get, buy three and get one free. But if you'd had a good front-end alignment on it, it probably wouldn't have worn, out, worn them out to start with. For you guys out there that are buying brand-new set of tires to go in your vehicle... When you put a new set of tires on your vehicle, you have the alignment checked and make sure that you have everything where it's supposed to be. And that will save you a lot of money on replacement of front tires on a minivan because I did that. We were in a hurry, and I didn't let them. I said, no, I don't have time. I need it right now. And uh, I took it 30 days. I was replacing the two front tires. Was it driving right? Yeah, it was driving right. Front end was way out of alignment. But it it was alignment out of alignment on both sides, the same. And it was just grinding off the tire. So heads up on that. Uh, all right. What do you got do you want to add to that, Jimbo? Uh,
1: yeah, alignment is, is critical for your tire wear. Um, ball joints. Um, you know, I, you're gonna laugh. We told them all the time with busted ball joints. You, they'll be driving down the I road, see. and that that will and that ball joint will bust off. And I don't care if it's a Chevy or a Ford or a Dodge or a Nissan or a Toyota. Down them all. Right. You'll be sitting in the middle that's of the road, right. and the front con- the control arm will be laying on the ground, and the tire will be stuffed up in the fender. And that makes for that's a challenging challenging tow well, because.
0: I don't want to. I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes on that. But to do it yourself, when when you take it into a garage to do it, these guys are trained to look look for the problems because they know that if they align something and it goes out, it's coming right straight back if it, the problem's not fixed. And uh, so we look for it. We will call you. We will tell you this is what we found. You want to come in and look? You come right on in. We'll take that thing back up in the air and show you everything we're talking about. And that's the way we do it at Simmons. That's the way Parker does it. That's the way that Brian does it over at Automotive Specialists. We show you. We find it first, then fix it. Okay? We don't go in and say, okay, well, we'll just do a quickie alignment on this thing. And as Brian Fuller would tell you, I can align anything sitting on a rack. I can align anything. And it will show on computer. as It is aligned until the weight goes back on that vehicle, and it rotates the tires and backs off the rack, then it's out of alignment again. The the worn out parts that are causing the problem have got to be fixed in order for you to keep an alignment on that vehicle. And you can blame it on the holes in the road. You can blame it on anything you want to. Oh, it's pulling to the right. Really? Why? Uh, the steering wheel's off about three degrees, 360 degrees at a rotation. It's off about three degrees. It's off 12 degrees. Uh, and you make excuses for it. Well, it's the way the roads are laid out. That's the reason it's pulling to the right. Some of these roads, you're probably right. It's got a rut in it. You're you're sitting in the rut. And but first thing you want to do when you're verifying and think you may have an alignment problem is check your tire pressures. Ah, that's a novelty. Check your tire pressures. Get your tire gauge, check what your tires are supposed to be at, and make sure all four tires are that way. Other thing that alignment does is you have cars now that requires four wheel alignment. I've seen them go down a road where the right tire is leaned out in the back and the left tire is leaned in. It's like it all made a shift to the right side. Okay? I kept looking for the engine block that he had in the back end of this SUV. There was no engine block there. The front end the the suspension was that far off. Suspensions on these cars is not bulletproof like NASCAR's. NASCARs can hit a wall and back up and take off. Yours is not that way. Everything is energy. How much energy does it take to move this vehicle? Uh, By the way, all the energy and all the tests on these vehicles is based on cars with perfect alignment, perfect uh, no bent arms or spindles or anything like that, and that's where they come up with these uh, numbers. And if you have something that's out of whack, out of tolerance, like a strut, or a spindle, it's going to cause a problem, and you can try to talk yourself out of it as much as you want to. It's still there. You're still going to spend a lot of money, and it's going to aggravate you to death, and one of these days, you'll say, oh, i just got to take it in, and you take it in, and then you have a heart attack because of the amount of stuff that's worn out in addition to the original problem that the the original problem being out of tolerance has caused. So, yeah, that's just like worn struts and worn shocks. It allows the suspension to just bounce around all over the place. I've been down, how many of you have been down the freeway and seen a car that come by you and one of the four tires is actually bouncing? Front tires, rear tires, I don't care. No shocks. It's just bouncing down the road. And people go, I just don't understand why my tires are wearing out so quick. Well, I can give you a pretty good idea at about 60,000 miles you start looking real close at your struts up front and your shocks in the back. And some of them have four-wheel struts now. So you 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 have to pay attention to these, but don't wait to 150,000 miles and say, "Wow, this thing just it rides like it's floating down the road." Well, it probably is because in order to control the vibration in a car You have a tire that can be out of balance or out of round, causing a vibration. You can have a spring or struts either broken or worn out. You can have shocks broken or worn out. This is your suspension system. That is it in a nutshell. When you're going down a road and it's vibrating, it comes from one of those directions. And we at Simmons, you know, they started to get so hard to find the exact cause of them. We bought, I call it the earthquake sensors that we put on four corners of the car so that we can get an idea which which one is shaking the worst. Aftermarket tires, these great old big tires on these four-by-fours, we see them, and they'd be out around. you jack them up, lock it in four-wheel drive, and roll, Let put it in low range and just let it idle. And you'll see the tires, and you'll have one tire on the right rear. It'll be out around, be moving about an inch, inch and a half. Then you'll have a left front moving about an inch and a half. Then you'll have a right front moving about a half inch. And I've seen this on one car. In fact, none of the tires that we looked at ever hit the road the same. And so when you have that, you have a vibration, and people get excited. You know we see people come in and say, "I've got a vibration, what speed well, it's around um it it's around fifty eight sixty mile an hour, okay uh now I got another question for you: What did you do before you had this vibration? What happened? What did you have repaired? Oh, I had the tires replaced, but they balanced them all out. people I can balance a block of wood and you put it on the road, it's going to shake. You have to make sure that you do. If you have access to a road force balancer where you can balance the tire, or if you know somebody that's really good at it that can spot an out-around tire while they're balancing it on a hand machine with um, you know a regular tire mach- tire balancer, if you have somebody that can spot that, because tires are not the same. They are manufactured They are put together. They pass a tolerance, and if you have to put three and a half ounces of weight on a tire, it's it needs to be replaced. The tire needs to be another tire. You know, I've seen them come in there where they had seven and a half ounces of weights on it, trying to compensate for that. Well, fine, you can balance it on the tire machine with seven and a half, but can you run it down the road? And then you get excessive tire wear, and you don't understand why. That's why. So, and yes, I know enough people to bring in the experts with a alignment equipment. I know enough people I can bring in tire experts that can tell you that There's tire experts listening to me out there that will tell you that. so you know, just don't be afraid to get this checked out before it starts costing you a lot of money. A car going down the road that had a broken shock means it's just taking the shock. Somebody gets the shock. That's your suspension components, and that's your chassis. That's what gets shocks when you don't have that shock absorber taking it up or the sidewall working like it's supposed to. Um, You know, the run-flat tires. I see a lot of run-flat tires, and people, you know, it's a lot of questions about the run-flat tires. Are they actually worth it? You know, I know people that swear by them. I know people that wouldn't give you another dollar for one. But the sidewalls are really heavy on these. So they have to be made as close to perfect as you can get perfect, which perfect means no additional correction available to perfect. Okay? So, it, all right. But anyway, that's my spiel on the tires and the vibration. All right. Who we got on the line? Uh, we got Judy on line one. All right. Judy, good morning.
1: Welcome to the show. Thank you. I wanted to ask you about these These uh, rebar cages that are being talked about uh, to be put over the catalytic converter and if those would interfere with further maintenance somehow?
0: It depends on how they're mounted. If they weld them up to the frame or if they put in screws that are one-way screws and they go up in there, they're going to be a pain in the butt to get out. You almost have to grind them off. And then you have to use uh, something like vice grips and back the screws out. Uh, if they weld it to it, I haven't seen one, but if they weld it and then you have to change a catalytic converter, what process do you have to use? Do you have to take the full exhaust system off in order to change the catalytic converter, in order, in order to take it loose and slide it out the back? Uh, I haven't seen enough of those that are actually installed to tell you what the serviceability is because they put it on there and they put it on with, uh you know, uh, sheet metal screws or something like that, even self-lockers when they go in. Uh, can you get them off? Or are you going to have to have a special tool? So instead of a guy walking under your car or going under your car with a sawzall, <coughs> excuse me, a battery-operated sawzall, and then in a minute and a half he's got your catalytic converter off, They don't, any thief that wants to take your catalytic converter, one, it's going to have to be a real high dollar converter for that guy to spend more than about a minute on it, getting it out. Most of them like the quickie stuff where they can roll on it in a, a hospital parking lot on the outskirts of the parking lot and go zip, 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 and then they've got your catalytic converter gone. I haven't seen, I know there's probably 50, by now, there's got to be at least fifty things that people are cha- are going with to get that done. Any manufacturer out there listening to me, anyone that wants to chime in on this, and I would think most of the time the muffler shops would be the guys that'll be at this. So I would, uh, I I can't honestly answer that because there's too many different things out there to put them in. Uh, you can okay. put a cage in them. Uh, but if you weld to the car, you've got a late-model car. There's a little uh, precaution that you've got to do in order to weld on a car that has all this electronic stuff on it. You need to disconnect the batteries in order to keep the voltage spikes down from burning out other electronic components.
1: Okay, I'm. What kind of with car do you old, have, Gertie? I've got an four, uh 94 Chevy 4x4.
0: 94 Chevy 4x4? Oh, yes. that's up in the air.
1: Yes, uh, that's my concern.
0: Okay. Well, they are taking those, to be honest with you. Uh, they're not worth much. If it's an aftermarket uh, catalytic converter, they're not worth but about, eh, probably 30 40 bucks. 40 But if they're uh, OE, if they come from a manufacturer on that, and I don't, uh, 94, yeah, uh, then they're going to be worth some money. Uh, they're easy to get. Uh, I, I if they can put something on there that you can actually service the cat when it does go bad, that's good. Uh, but what's your service procedure? If it'll slide, if you can take the exhaust system down and take the header pipe off, which is above the catalytic converter to the engine, if you can take that header pipe loose at just before it goes into the catalytic converter, and then just back everything out through that cage across the uh, back of the uh, differential and stuff and get it out of the way, that's the only way I can possibly think of. You can get one out of one that's been uh, put on like that. You can put a cage on it, put a padlock on it, and a padlock's going to be a son of a gun to work, especially if you put it up high enough to where they can't get a sawzall up in there. That's a possible um, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I haven't okay. seen it. The only way I know it, if you weld it in, uh, somebody's going to have a, a lot of problems getting it out. If you weld it in too loose, in other words, it doesn't protect the cap that close, then they can still, they can cut it off in the front, cut it off in the back, which they do anyway, and then they can just slide it out. So that, there lies the problem. So be careful, uh. <clears throat> when you do your research, if you've got pictures of these things, read how you service a cat after you get this cage on it and see how long it takes to get the cage off. We'll tell you about because thieves don't like to be under there more than about two minutes. So can Alrighty. you slow them down? Yeah. Okay. And hang on to that truck. You've got a good one.
1: I know. You guys serviced it, so I appreciate it.
0: Oh, good. Appreciate that. Thank you. All righty. All right. If you have any other questions, you might check over to shop. Check over to shop and see if Wade or Ken has come up with anything or have they seen anything that looks like it might work. And uh, But so far, you know, everything can be taken off. It just depends on how long it takes to take it off. And they're using a Sawzall. That's the quick way for the thieves to get it. And so anything that can slow down that sawzall or access from a sawzall uh, will probably work. But I don't know how you'd put that on there to slow them down. They need to be slowed down to about ten minutes, and then I think it'd probably just say, "No, it's not worth it." And crooks are lazy anyway. Anything's going to have anything blocking it, or they perceive to be blocking it, they'll probably leave it alone. Okay. So good luck with that. Good call. All right, Jim.
1: What do you got, buddy?
0: What else? you want to chime in on those catalytic converters?
1: Well, on, on the 94 Chevy, what they do is they, they grab it at the Y-pipe. They cut the two Y-pipes off the, off the exhaust and then they grab it on the back. So, <clears throat> the cage i will slow them a little bit, but usually they, they can't get the saws all in there. <clears throat> oh, Okay. Just so everybody knows, I scrap cars. I've pulled my fair share of converters. We actually have a a machine to cut converters out. I've sold plenty of, of converters off scrap cars. Getting mm-hmm. them out is not the. I, I can't believe people could do it under the car because it's really challenging. It is, it is a lot of work. I, I can't believe a guy can roll in there with a sawzall and not get crud in his face, not have this not bend the sawzall blade, not 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 set the thing on fire because we're talking about cutting a stainless steel pipe with a with a, uh, you know, a a good quality blade, don't get me wrong, you have to get the good quality ones from, from Home Depot, not the cheapo ones, because the cheapo ones, just it just mm-hmm. cuts the teeth off. I can't believe how much trouble mm-hmm. they would go to. But, of course, you know, they're thieves. it's their job to, you know, that's the profession they decide to go into. Um, but, yeah, so you got to get it forward on the y pipes. so that's where you can get the saws all at. And then, and then what you get is basically the big Y with the converter on it um the an oem you're right jerry the aftermarket converter isn't worth probably 20 bucks but the oem converter is worth some money um i I don't know about uh, the cage is like you said how how are you going to get it on and off if you got to cut the thing off um you're better off to make it so they can't get underneath it um park it next to a wall um you know, mm-hmm. one side, you know, park, park it so that they so access to the underneath the vehicle is is really challenging, um, and then it then life is better. But you know, on a truck, it's it's they, look they do them on Priuses all day long, and I don't I we told one oh, yesterday yeah. the woman it, out of an apartment complex they stole her Prius converter, and I don't know I don't I couldn't get a, I couldn't slide under a Prius to save my life. I could get underneath the Chevy truck, but I couldn't get underneath the Prius, and yet they can do it. So maybe they're jacking them up well, and, and getting underneath They're them.
0: jacking them up. They're jacking them up. Yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about of being low. You know, I look at them and I said, the only way I'd go under Prius is if it was on a rack, and I can walk under it.
1: <laughs> right, exactly. And, uh,
0: but I, they I, I do. We they have a
1: rack. A little, a little...
0: You can take a roller floor jack. Aluminum that we use for race cars, that thing weighs almost nothing. You can carry that thing out there, slide it under, jack that Prius up, and you can take that thing in two minutes.
2: Because be they don't
0: fast. care where they put the jacks. That's you right. Know, they just you're get right. it, they it don't up. Care. They know what they're after. They cut it out, and they're gone. Drop it down, pick up the jack, throw it back in the bed of whatever they're driving, and go on.
1: Right. Or carry yeah, it away. It's not It's, right. it's not it's good. It yeah. It's two. It's a two-person job. Right. You got one guy to, to run the jack, one guy to do the convert cutting.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it you know they they oh they work them out real quick, and you know the thing is, the more they do them, the better they get. The better they get, right? Yeah, yep. they practice. Practice makes perfect. Perfect stiff converters. converters. That would that make me so mad. But people with the F-150s out there, F-150, late model 150s, very popular. Dodges, gas burners, very popular. They're, they're up. You can slide them. You can you can take the spare tire out. I mean, it's, uh, there's all sorts of things you can do to these vehicles now if you want to do them. All right, I got to get a couple more ads in here. Uh, just notice we're running out of time. lensautobrokerage.com. It's where you want to check out, if you're looking for a pre-owned vehicle, com. And if you're looking for an RV, desertrv.com. Just get, Brian said just put the website out there. They can find anything they want by navigating through that website. And then if you see a car you want to go down and kick a tire, go on. Twenty-one oh one North Stone Avenue to Lynn's Auto Brokerage. Desert RV is out of town, so you can't it's gonna take you a little longer. Look up the address on the uh, website. Um but you can take care of that if you need doing brake jobs on the weekend and you wanna get the rotors turned, the drums turned, and a flywheel resurfaced, you're doing a clutch. Merrill's Auto, fifteen West Aho. They have machine shop services through Saturday rotors, drums turned, and flywheel resurfacing. And Simmons, we're still looking for a driveshaft helper in the driveshaft division and a technician for the garage. Just apply in person at Simmons Automotive, uh, 3743 South Country Club. How about you, Jim? Do you need any workers over there, drivers?
1: Oh, absolutely. I could could always use good help or bad help. I can do it. Use well, if somebody wants to drive a tow truck, come on down. We're happy to train you. you got to pass the drug test. What's your address? Okay, that means.
0: What's your address?
1: Thirty-six, thirty-six thirty South Dodge, and that's near Palo Verde and Anahu. Almost uh, down just about a mile and a half from Jerry's place. So if you get lost, if you get over there and find out you can't turn a wrench, come over and see me.
0: There you go. <laughs> All right, that's good. All right, how much time we got left, Andrew? About two minutes. Yes, sir. About two minutes left, Jerry. Oh, I'm getting better at the time, huh?
1: Good. You're you're Good. on this. You're right on this, man. That rattlesnake really oh, did yeah, pick I'm, you up this morning, didn't
0: he? I, hey, I went out there and took a peek at him while I was talking to you, and he's turned belly up now. I didn't realize that sucker was that big. And <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, if somebody wants him, they're gonna have to come to my house and get him because I ain't moving him. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find somebody.
1: It, it might be a coyote. It's too big. You might get a
0: coyote. <laughs> yeah, so I just opened oh. open both gates to the backyard and said, Come on in, coyote, get to your rattlesnake. Yeah, right. But I do know <laughs> that you can throw him out in the driveway down next to the barn where it's uh, in plain view of everything, and within 24 hours it's gone. So somebody likes him. so that's good. All right, so far this morning, we've covered engine performance. If you haven't had a major service on your cars, get it done. You're probably past due. Don't forget the motor vac system, okay, and oil changes. We have covered oil changes for a reason. That is the number one thing that you can do to have your car run like it's supposed to. Don't be jacking around with the viscosities on it. Uh, whatever it comes with from a factory is probably pretty good. Just stay with it, but change it on a regular basis. It's not the oil as much as it is the changing. You can change them, but if you switch brands, if you go from Havoline to a Valvoline, stay with the same viscosity. Brakes, I can't explain to you any better than what we did this morning and why they're so important to maintain it and take care of them. Keep in mind, if your engine blows on the car, you've got a major repair, do the math. Figure 11% of what you're going to lose coming off the car lot, if you can get it fixed with that, then you're in good shape. All right, so we're out of time. Until next
2: Saturday, thank you for joining me this morning. Hope you learned something. Uh, Take care.